Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour. (laughs) I am grateful, as usual. Thanks for joining with me. I am uh, loving our topic this time, activating unity awareness. This is the key, the bottom line. This is what accepting the atonement for ourselves is all about, activating unity awareness. So just before I dive in, I'm so excited. Yes. (laughs) Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. So grateful to consciously come together and connect in the power and the presence of love. We are activating miracles. We're activating truth. We are willing to know and remember the truth, live by the light of the truth. We're grateful to place our hand on our heart and wholeheartedly partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self. We're recognizing what's true and we're letting go of attachments to that which is false and forever fake. (laughs) The illusion and delusion, we are grateful to allow ourselves to stand in the light of truth. We are grateful to allow ourselves to truly know The power and the presence of love is our very life and being. We are sharing the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. Yes, yes, yes. (sighs) All right. Well, we, I have to say up front that the accepting of the atonement For ourselves, what it really means is that we are accepting that we are not separate from our Creator, that we are one with our Creator and one with all life. Yes, that this is the very nature of our existence, perfect love, and we are grateful to recognize it, to stand in the light of it. And so we are... the, the, the key to happiness and success in this world is, and success, of course, is waking up. Success is unlimited joy and, and feeling that you're in the right place at the right time for the right reason at all times. That kind of alignment, that's what A Course in Miracles and living A Course in Miracles The practice, the active practice of A Course in Miracles gets us is to this place. And we are grateful that it's even possible and it's possible for everyone who is willing and willing to practice willingness. So in A Course in Miracles, what we are told is this is the one key, accepting the unity of all life, recognizing there never has been, never could be, never will be a sense of any true separation, that this is actually impossible. And so in our human experience, 
we often are deluded into thinking that happiness comes from the world, right? This is one of the themes of A Course in Miracles. It's certainly a theme of my life. And when we think that happiness comes from aligning things in the world that we think we want or we think will make us happy, that is where the pain and suffering comes from, those false beliefs. So today, as we're activating unity awareness, we're looking at Chapter 7, Section 3, and this is entitled The Reality of the Kingdom. The Reality of the Kingdom. And this, it's not even two full pages. It's like a page and a half. And it is only five paragraphs. So let's dive into it deeply here. And uh, just before I do that, I am going to make a couple of quick announcements of free things that are coming up. So, um, and I also will tell you, I'm... uh, Kieran J. Gardner is doing a class uh, this Saturday, March 4th, for counselors, for therapists, for anybody who works with clients. So, you know, if you're a dentist, if you're an acupuncturist, you work with clients, you'd like to have a miracle with every client. uh, Why not? Why not? I mean, You'll know if it's for you. Check out the details at jenniferhadley.com. Miracles with Every Client, Saturday, March 4th. Now, the free things I'd like to tell you about, we have a program called Miracle Circles, and you these are weekly meetings. Uh, it's a set group. We, they're small groups, and it's not a study group. It is to discuss living a course in miracles. So this is for people who are new to A Course in Miracles or have been doing Course in Miracles a very long time but would like to talk about the course, not from a study group perspective, but from the practical application, the living it perspective. So we have uh, Miracle Circles with facilitators. Every group has two facilitators. And the facilitators have been through a training either with me or um, that I've designed. And um, these are free. And you can find out about it, livingacourseinmiracles.com forward slash circles. livingacourseinmiracles.com forward slash circles. Circles. <laughs> and uh, you can also find it in the resources pull down menu. There's a ton of free stuff at Living a Course Miracles or I.com. I encourage you to go and join that. One of the things that's free there for everybody is we have a worldwide map. And people are invited to list their A Course Miracles study groups there and other A Course in Miracles events. So not just spiritual events, no, has to be an A Course in Miracles event. So um, that's also there. And um, many other things are there. Another free resource for you is the forgiveness workshops that we're doing about every month. So you can sign up for those jenniferhadley.com on the events page 
and um, those are free. You can bring your friends, and we do the actual forgiveness work in the workshop. You can come to as many of them as you want. People have been coming to them again and again. If you get on the list there, then every time we have one, we can notify you Again, it's free, free forgiveness workshops. People have found them incredibly helpful. So we're trying to do one of those a month, and we are succeeding. So uh, come and join us. Get on the, the wait list there. Uh, again, that's on the events page at jenniferhadley.com. All the other things are there. Of course, we have the text messages. You can sign up, inspired text messages, and so many other things. Okay, back to the reality of the kingdom. Again, chapter 7, section 3, the reality of the kingdom. It begins like this. The Holy Spirit teaches one lesson and applies it to all individuals in all situations. (laughs) Yes. I love when it's so clear and simple. One lesson, it always applies to everyone at all times. Now, it says, being conflict-free, the Holy Spirit maximizes all efforts and all results by teaching the power of the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit teaches you that all power is yours, right? Because we are part of God. The power of God is ours. It always has been, always will be. Its application does not matter. It is always maximal. And this is another theme, that it's like, Love is always unconditional or it's not love. All miracles are maximal. Uh, Love is maximal. God is maximal. It's full on all the time. There are no degrees. It's not like sort of, kind of. That's not how God is. He goes on. Your vigilance does not vigilance does not establish it as yours, but it does enable you to use it always literally. So the power of the kingdom of God, you have it to use always. Why wouldn't we use it always? Because we don't feel worthy. So that's why we're trying to use our own power, which we believe is a separate power from the power of God. You see how we consistently affirm and reaffirm the false by thinking, well, I can't use the power of God, but I have my own little power here. No, there's one power, one presence. It is God, and it's always active, maximally fully, completely, totally, all the time, for everyone. I I just love the absoluteness of that. And then he says here, and this is one of my very favorite quotes in all of A Course Miracles, because it's just so comforting, absolutely comforting. If you have one of my bookmarks, 
then um, you know this is one of my bookmarks. If you have my se- a set of my bookmarks, which when I used to go to live in-person events, I would give away hundreds and hundreds of these bookmarks. So this is one of them. When I said I am with you always, I meant it literally. I am not absent to anyone in any situation. Because I am always with you, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You did not make this power any more than I did. It was created to be shared and therefore cannot be meaningfully perceived as belonging to anyone at the expense of another. Such a perception makes it meaningless by eliminating or overlooking its real and only meaning. The real and only meaning, I'll say, is the unity of all life. So we are activating unity awareness here with this episode. I'm going to say that favorite quote again. And I'm, I'm going to back up to the part before it because I also love the part before it. So the power of God is always maximal. Your vigilance does not establish the power of God as yours, but it does enable you to use it always and in all ways. Now, this is Jesus speaking. When I said, I am with you always, I meant it literally. I am not absent to anyone in any situation. Because I am always with you, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Now, that sentence, because I'm always with you, you are the way, the truth, and the life. When I I remember so long ago hearing that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when I contemplated it, probably first contemplated that when I was in ministerial school a long time ago now maybe 18 years ago does that seem right? I think it is, my gosh Uh, at least 15 years ago what I heard is the I am that I am the I am presence is the way, the truth, and the life not that Jesus was the way and the truth and the life, and nobody else was, just Jesus. No, I, I didn't hear it that way. I heard, I am is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you have any historical knowledge of the life of Jesus, his teachings were called the way. That's what they were called. They weren't called Christianity. They were called the way. So, I am with you always. I meant it literally. I am always with you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You did not make this power any more than I did. It was created to be shared and therefore cannot be meaningfully perceived as belonging to anyone at the expense of another. 
Such a perception makes it meaningless by eliminating or overlooking its real and only meaning, which is the unity. So the power is everywhere present, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniactive, in, through, and around us at all times, for everyone without exception. Now, next paragraph. God's meaning waits in the kingdom because that is where he placed it. Where Now, let's remember, where is the kingdom? Kingdom is within. It's within our heart. So, God's meaning waits in the kingdom because that is where God placed it. It does not wait in time. It merely rests in the kingdom because it belongs there as you do. How can you, who are God's meaning, perceive yourself as absent from it? So, we are the kingdom of God. How can we think of ourselves as not being part of the kingdom or being separate from it? He says here, absent from it. You can see yourself as separated from your meaning. Your meaning is you're the kingdom only by experiencing yourself as unreal or fictional or an illusion. This is why the ego is insane. It teaches you that it teaches that you are not what you are, which is part of God. That is so contradictory, it is clearly impossible. It is therefore a lesson you cannot really learn and therefore cannot really teach. Yet you are always teaching. You must, therefore, be teaching something else, even though the ego does not know what it is. The ego, then, is always being undone and does suspect your motives. Your mind cannot be unified in allegiance to the ego because the mind does not belong to it. Yet, what is treacherous to the ego is faithful to peace. The ego's enemy is therefore your friend. Remember that saying that my enemy's enemy is my friend. Yes, the ego's enemy is therefore your friend. So we can't really learn that we're separate because it's not a truth. It's, it's not real. But what we can do is we can believe it. We can believe it, and we can demonstrate in this world to others that we believe it. Now, there are folks that we see in the world who believe in separation, and they like it, or so it seems. And it seems that they, this is what they wish to teach. So uh, I was listening to Bernie Sanders recently, who has said, Bernie Sanders, the senator from Vermont. I live in Vermont. He's my senator, one of my senators. And he 
has been saying for a long time, I think, uh, but I heard him say it recently, that he thinks there should be no billionaires, that it wouldn't be possible to be a billionaire, that there would be a wealth cap. So you could have hundreds of millions of dollars, but not a billion, that there needs to be a cap. I mean, it's like, how much do you actually need? And so uh, someone who feels they need more and more and more, what do they need it for? What do they actually need it for? To me, they need it to separate themselves from everyone else. Isn't that part of what wealth accumulation is for some people? It's a way to separate themselves from others for a myriad of reasons. It could be so that they feel better than. It could be because they feel that it helps them feel safe. Of course, none of that actually works. They don't actually feel better than, and they don't actually feel safe, right? Because th- there is no better than. That's an illusion. And in my defenselessness, my safety lies. My safety lies in the unity consciousness. And that is the only place where it can ever be found is in unity consciousness. All right. Let's go to paragraph three here. I said before that the ego's friend is not part of you because the ego perceives itself at war and therefore in need of allies. You who are not at war, must look for brothers and recognize all whom you see as brothers, because only equals are at peace. Now, he uses the word equals here, respect, obviously. However, I I really prefer to, instead of saying equals, we're one. We are one. And I understand he's helping people to see equality as a stepping stone to unity. But I, I feel like I can go right to unity. And equality feels like a step back for me. So just, just saying. <laughs> you who are not at war must look for brothers and recognize all whom you see as brothers because only equals are at peace. So one of the things that we can do in our day-to-day life of uh, activating this unity awareness is when we are looking out at the world on television and magazines and reading in newspapers and other people's stories and the people that we encounter in the world, just being mindful, do we want to be more aligned with these people or more separate from these people on a case-by-case basis. It's very much like the uh, original lessons, the early lessons of A Course in Miracles about I've given everything in this world all the meaning that it has for me, right, in this room on the street. Uh, And to be able to look at our brothers and sisters and say, it, 
it seems like we're separate, but we're not. We are one. I am one with them. I am one with these people I'm seeing on the news. I am one with these people that I would label ridiculous. I am one with these people that I would label as better than me uh, or somehow above me. I'm one with them. They're not above me. I'm not below them. And those people over there that I've been thinking were below me, no, they're not below me. I am one with them. We're all equals. We're all one. Oh my goodness, it's coming time for me to come to a break. And just before I do, I'm going to mention uh, that Kieran J. Gardner's got these two Course in Miracles classes this month. One is about working with clients and one is about understanding and applying the the teaching from the course about the script is already written. These are wonderful opportunities. I haven't seen classes like this offered before by anyone, so I'm encouraging you, if you'd like to go deep with A Course of Miracles, check out these two classes with Kieran J. Gardner, who's been a frequent guest of mine on this podcast. She's a very dear friend. And uh, also, I am going to be at the May online conference uh, a Course in Miracles conference with the UK group that I love so much. It's the Miracle Network, and their site is miracles.org.uk. And uh, it's a one-day conference. Gary and Cindy Renard, myself, Alan Cohen, Robert Holden, and Kate Greaves. Uh, it's a great opportunity. We're meeting on Zoom. All the details at jenniferhadley.com. And the date of that conference is May 13th. May 13th. Yes, I will be there online. It's a bargain. Check it out. JenniferHadley.com on the events page. All right, that's my music. We're going to take a short break here. Don't go away. You're listening to A Course in Miracles with Jennifer Hadley. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. (laughs) Yes, continuing on here, we are activating our unity awareness. And uh, I recognize that sometimes I forget to say my name. My name is Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course in Miracles, as usual, and that's all we ever talk about. Sometimes people ask to be a guest on my show, but we only talk about A Course in Miracles. That's all we talk about. And so we're looking at the section entitled The Reality of the Kingdom. It's in Chapter 7. And it's section three. We're in paragraph three here. Jesus says, I said before that the ego's friend is not part of you because the ego perceives itself at war and therefore in need of allies. You who are not at war must look for brothers and recognize all whom you see as brothers because only equals are at peace. 
Because God's equal sons have everything. They cannot compete. So we're never in competition with other people because how could, like, how could I compete with myself? I can compete with my idea of my former self in the personality. Right? I can be superior to my former self in the personality. But since we're all one, competition is actually an illusion. Yet, if they perceive any of their brothers as anything other than their perfect equals, the idea of competition has entered their minds. So if we think of someone as better than us or less than us, then competition has entered the mind. And that's the separation, right? You can't have competition without separation belief. And jealousy is part of the belief in separation, as well as competition. Right? They, they, many ways they go together. When we feel separate, we feel life is a competition. We feel jealous of people who have what we don't have or what we think we can't have or we think it's not fair. Do not underestimate your need to be vigilant against this idea because all your conflicts come from it. Again, I love it when he's emphatic and absolute. So do not underestimate your need to be vigilant against this idea of competition because all your conflicts come from it. And... If all of our conflicts come from the idea of competition, that we're not one with everyone, or as he says, equal with everyone, all conflict comes from not realizing the unity of life. Just think, if we're willing to recognize and value the unity of all life, all conflict dissolves. And that is what I'm experiencing in my life, is that the conflict is dissolving rapidly, much more rapidly than I ever imagined. I I live a mostly conflict-free life because I'm willing to see the unity of all life. I'm willing to have it shown and known to me by the higher Holy Spirit self. He says, it is the belief that conflicting interests are possible and therefore you have accepted the impossible as true. Is that different from saying you perceive yourself as unreal? So it is the belief that conflicting interests are possible and therefore you have accepted the impossible as true. So you can see the inherent conflict in that. If we're believing things that aren't true, doesn't there have to be a conflict in our awareness? Yes, of course there is. It's, there's a disturbance in the field. Right? That's from Star Wars. So the disturbance is 
believing things that aren't actually true. The truth sets us free because when we believe things that aren't true, we live in conflict. That's how it is. He says to be in the kingdom is merely to focus your full attention on it. As long as you believe that you can attend to what is not true, you are accepting conflict as your choice. Is it really a choice? It seems to be, but seeming and reality are hardly the same. You who are the kingdom are not concerned with seeming. Reality is yours because you are reality. This is how having and being are ultimately reconciled. Not in the kingdom, but in your mind. The altar there is the only reality. The altar is perfectly clear in thought because it is a reflection of perfect thought. Your right mind sees only brothers because it sees only in its own light. So one of the aspects of A Course in Miracles is this calling the altar of God being uh, existing in our heart, that when we place false idols on the altar, we are holding them in our heart. Where is the kingdom? We are the kingdom. When we seek the kingdom within, all else is added unto us. So the kingdom is where we are because it is what we are. And so Uh, He talks about the having and the being reconciled. So if we're looking outside of ourselves for things, for happiness, or the causes of happiness, then we don't realize that they are within the kingdom. The kingdom is within. And so we are, our natural state of being is the kingdom. And the kingdom is the having. When we look for things within, look for the kingdom within, then everything's added unto us because that's where everything is. It's in our beingness. So when we recognize we already have everything, everything's already been given to us, that God cannot give us anything more because it's already been given. Jesus says in the Course, ask and it is given because it already has been given. Nothing is denied to us. Nothing is withheld from us. And it's so, I mean, to say it's valuable or important that we know and understand this is understatement of the century because it's everything. It's everything. Knowing that we have already been given is everything. And we can. We can know this. And so, because we do. We do. But we're just distracted by false beliefs. And our willingness is all that's required. God has lit your mind himself and keeps your mind lit by his light because his light is what your mind is. So our mind is the mind of God. The light of God is within us because we are of God. 
I just love it. (laughs) This is totally beyond question, and when you question it, you are answered. The answer merely undoes the question by establishing the fact that to question reality is to question meaninglessly. That is why the Holy Spirit never questions. His sole function is to undo the questionable and thus lead to certainty. The certain are perfectly calm because they are not in doubt. They do not raise questions because nothing questionable enters their minds. This holds them in perfect serenity because this is what they share, knowing what they are. So our prayer becomes, let me know what I am. I am willing to know that I am that I am, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is my nature. This is my identity. This is from my very beingness. I am looking for all that there is, all that I think would make me happy or whole. I'm going to look for that within. I'm going to look within the kingdom, which is within. I'm going to clear the altar, which is my heart, of all false idols. So anything that I place above God or think of as God-like, and and this is something we all do, we value different things like our job or our body more than our divinity. How common is it for us, particularly in this world that we live in today, that people will value their body way above their connection with spirit, their knowing of the truth? It's very easy to get distracted in this way. And the thing is, is that there's no damage, nothing goes on our permanent record right? It's all simply affecting our temporary experience of this world. So for me, the prayer is, let me value that which is truly valuable. Let me be willing to see that which is real. And that thing that I learned from Michael Beck with when you believe more in what you don't see than what you do see then you will see what you don't see and you won't see what you do see so we can value that which is real and then we stop being distracted by that which is unreal I used to be distracted by so many things, the wanting, the needing, the craving, the aversions, the addictive compulsive tendencies and the temptations. It was a constant stream of those kinds of things. I'm not interested in that stuff anymore. And how did I get to here? Self-forgiveness, clearing the false idols off the altar of my heart valuing the truth, releasing judgment, no longer wishing to feel separate. Because I definitely pursued for quite some time the 
specialness of not being good enough, being bad and being wrong. I'm not interested in specialness anymore. I'm not interested in making other people special or myself special for good or for worse. I'll say that it's not the thoughts it's not that the thoughts do not come into my awareness. They do. I don't get on that train. I think of it as the pain train of specialness. No, thank you. Not interested in that anymore. So going back to the beginning of this section, the Holy Spirit teaches one lesson and applies it to all individuals in all situations. We can do that too. It just takes a great willingness to give up the conflict. And one of the things that I found in my experience of this undoing of the attachment to egoic thoughts is one of the, I just feel one of the realizations I had or one of the perceptions I had or have is that I used to value conflict in part because it made me feel alive. And so in my perception, in my experience of life, when I felt really separate, when I felt that I was fundamentally bad, when I believed these things that are not true, then I was so cut off from that flow of love, so cut off from that wisdom of the higher Holy Spirit, that teacher, the Holy Spirit, I was so cut off from that, I I was dead inside, and one of the ways that I could feel alive was to feel upset. And so energizing competition and playing games in a competitive way uh, and, and being really upset about losing or being obnoxious about winning, those kinds of things, I would have this fake sense of aliveness. It's like one time when I lived in Manhattan in the 80s, I had a night where with some friends, we did some cocaine and champagne. And um, it's the one and only time I've ever done that because while in the experience of it, I remember that I was enjoying myself having that experience, that high. However, the next day was a a super low, 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 low. I can understand why people go back to getting high because the low was so low. And, but what I noticed right away was that Let's say I had had a wonderful time with my friends, could be the same friends, uh, because I had many wonderful times with those same friends, where we had a dinner party. And, you know, maybe we had some wine, but we weren't getting drunk, right? And um, 
uh, I would have a wonderful time, evening, dinner party, discussion, talking about um, whatever. And that was a wonderful time. The next day, I would be able to remember the warmth of the connection that we had with each other and the wonderful time uh, that was that connection, the love that we had for each other. I could feel and, and be nourished by the warmth of that glow of the loving experience I had had with them. But this time, after the cocaine and champagne, there was no sense of that because it wasn't real. It was fake. It's like if you've ever had a fake friend. I've had a few fake friends in my life. People that were my so-called friends, but we didn't really like each other. We didn't really care for each other. There's no warmth in that relationship. There's no sustenance in the relationship. It's a totally different thing. And so... This to me is is what we're looking at here, that the Holy Spirit, that higher Holy Spirit self, is teaching us, leading us, helping us to remember the truth of who we are and the the warmth of the glow of loving experiences connected experiences, even if it's just us and and spirit, no other people are around, the warmth of that fire, that Christ light within, being acknowledged, being championed, being valued, is so much more fulfilling and gratifying than any accomplishment in the world could ever be. So the accomplishment of the soul connection is so much more valuable. There's so much more aliveness in it. I don't, one of the reasons why I don't need to get angry and upset and bothered by things all the time like I used to is because I feel alive already. I feel alive already. And one of the things I also recognize in my human experience is that it is a habit to be annoyed or frustrated or irritated. I I just had the experience here recording the podcast, and we used to do the radio broadcast live, but now in the podcast, I'm pre-recording it by myself. There's no live platform. Um, And I, my, my dog, Bodhi, she rang her bell to go out, so I had to pause. I had to edit the bell. I, I don't, edit usually but if there's a something like that I had to get up and go let her out and then the UPS guy rang the bell and I went to to take care of that so I got these interruptions and um <laughs> I know Bodhi wants me to take her for a walk but I I'd like to finish this first so I felt 
an, an, a frustration. The frustration was because I couldn't explain to her, honey, I know you want to go for a walk. I, I would like to take you for that walk, but I need to finish this first. If you keep interrupting me, it's just delaying our walk. And um, <laughs> when the UPS fella came, it was just after I had sat back down, started to record again after getting up to take. So I felt annoyed, like, oh, come on. I, but again, it was my f- frustration it was very much related to my frustration that I couldn't explain to Bodhi what was going on because there aren't, we don't communicate at that level yet. So, but the habitual reaction to being interrupted, I could feel that there. Ugh, it's annoying. This is frustrating. But Actually, it's not that the interruptions are annoying or frustrating. So it's, for me, it's very helpful to realize I'm never upset for the reason I think. There's actually another reason that uh, and it's, I, I would like to be able to communicate with Bodhi. And I also can see the sun is going down. We don't have street lights here. I don't wish to walk us in the dark. And also the later it gets, the colder it gets, and there's a storm coming, blah, blah, blah. Yet, I am, when these annoyances come up, the frustrations come up, I'm able to recognize now that this is a cry for love, and this is a habit. This is a habit I'm not actually upset. I am responding from the habitual mind, the conditioned mind. And I can turn that over to the Holy Spirit so fast because I am, that I am, is not actually annoyed or frustrated. But on a personality level, there's a belief I should be annoyed by these things. And so I'm still working that out of my awareness. And uh, it's not a process that has to take time. And I give it to the Holy Spirit when it happens. And the healing is happening. It's happening right here and right now, all the time, without delay. <laughs> so remembering to laugh very, very quickly is so helpful, so beneficial. Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. And that said, it's time for me to go. I am grateful and I am thankful to let the past go. So grateful to place our hands on our hearts and know the absolute truth of our being is perfect wholeness. We are the kingdom. We're looking within to find it and to celebrate it. Sharing the benefits with everyone, we let it be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you.